Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in New York. I'm Amy Keene. Today we're taking a look at a clash between the U.S. military and Central American migrants on the U.S.-Mexico border. This weekend, Andres Manuel López Obrador will take office as Mexico's new president. And the migrant crisis at the border will be among the first issues he'll have to deal with. But the incoming Mexican leader and U.S. President Donald Trump have very different ideas about how to deal with the border. The FT's Jude Weber spoke with Eric Krupke about the crisis on the line from Mexico City. So this weekend, we saw some very chaotic scenes on the border. Basically, what happened on Sunday was that there was about almost 6,000 migrants holed up in a shelter in the center of Tijuana, and they had planned a, a peaceful demonstration to draw attention to their plight. And they did this, and as they approached the border, they got quite close to the border, Mexican police stopped them. But what happened is a small group, several dozen, I think, of migrants rushed forward, broke through this police barrier, and ran up to the border fence. There were television images showing some of them trying to climb the fence. I saw one where one person was sat up on top of the border fence, another one was at the bottom, and they were passing a baby up, a little, you know, an infant. There were very dramatic scenes. The U.S. responded by firing tear gas. There were also reports that rubber bullets were fired. So that pushed back the people. The U.S. closed the border in both directions for several hours. And so that's sort of where we are now, just like a tense calm now. Who are these migrants and where are they coming from? Most of the migrants are coming from Honduras. But one thing I noticed when I caught up with the migrant caravan in Mexico City a couple of weeks ago was that a larger number of Guatemalans and El Salvadorans seem to have joined. Basically, the big migrant caravan, the first one, left San Pedro Sula in the north of Honduras on October the 12th or 13th. And they've since been followed by a second, third, fourth migrant caravan. The reason they're leaving, there are various reasons. Most people say it's their economic reasons. The cost of living is very high. They're very, very poor. These are some of the poorest countries in the region. But also, a lot of them are fleeing extortion, gang extortion, gang violence, or just they feel that they've no prospects in their countries. And gang violence obviously is a massive problem in Honduras and in El Salvador, and to some extent also in Guatemala. The reason that they've left in caravans is because if they didn't do that, they would have to find you know, somewhere in the region of $10,000 to pay a people smuggler to get them up through Mexico into the US border, and hopefully across. And that's, you know, that's an awful lot of money for these people who are extremely poor. So the caravans strike them as a, a safer way of negotiating both the, the sort of the perils, the administrative perils in Mexico, but also the very real dangers. I mean, there are, I spoke to one lady, one uh, Honduran lady who said that she had been on a, because some of them had, they've walked some of the way and they've, they've been given lifts some of the way. And she was on a bus and some armed men came on with bat masks on and big long guns. And, you know, these are some of these areas that they're going through. There are, you know, cartel activity. And so it's, it's, it's very dangerous. So these migrants are heading toward the U.S. border. What's their plan once they get there? They don't really have one. What you hear over and over and over again when you talk to them is that, you know, they just feel that their plight will soften Donald Trump's heart. And they just feel that, you know, getting up to the border in these numbers, you know, they want to apply for asylum. 
most of them don't particularly want to apply for asylum in Mexico, partly because they don't want to stay in Mexico. They want to earn in dollars, so they want to go into the U.S. Some people want to reconnect with family members who are already in the U.S. But also, a lot of them, there's a lot of suspicion and, and a lot of them fear that, um, you know, any offer of regularizing their situation in Mexico is really code for deportation. So, you know, so they just feel like they'll go up to the border and then just sort of wait and see. I don't think there is a, a you know, a, a stronger plan than that. And applying for asylum in this way, is that how it's normally done? So the, the situation up until now is that people have been increasingly crossing the border illegally and turning themselves in to the border agents. Because even if they crossed illegally, that doesn't or, or didn't deny them a, a right to applying for asylum. Donald Trump the other day said that he wanted to stop that. Under this plan, the illegal aliens will no longer get a free pass into our country by lodging meritless claims in seeking asylum. Instead, migrants seeking asylum will have to present themselves lawfully at a port of entry. Last week, a federal judge in the U.S. suspended that presidential order and said it was perfectly legal to continue doing this. The judge, John Tiger, issued a restraining order, effectively pausing the policy, and said this in his ruling. Whatever the scope of the president's authority, he may not rewrite the immigration laws to impose a condition that Congress has expressly forbidden. So what Donald Trump has said now is that, right, okay, you know, you, can, you have to apply for, for asylum legally, but that means that while they're waiting, they're in Mexico. And I've heard reports that only as many as 15 are being processed in a single day. I don't know if that's exactly the case, but basically the U.S. can, can process as few or as many people as it wants. But what, what Donald Trump really wants to stop is the procedure that has happened a lot in the past where, whereby people cross into the United States, apply for asylum, and then after their asylum interview, they get released into the U.S. and then they, you know, often don't turn up for their hearing in immigration court. So he wants to, he wants to nip that in the bud by making sure they don't cross in the first place. And Mexico recently elected a new president. How has he responded to this crisis. So the new president takes office on Saturday, this coming Saturday. So it's a real, this is shaping up as a real headache for him. Up until now, they've been very cautious. They've said they want to maintain good relations with the US. They have said they will offer work visas to Central Americans so that they can work in, in Mexico on infrastructure projects that the new president is pushing. At the weekend, there was a Washington Post story which said that the incoming government had agreed with the US administration a policy whereby migrants would remain in Mexico. And they said the name of the program was Remain in Mexico while their asylum claims were being processed. The incoming government denied that, but not really very convincingly for a lot of people. And so, you know, there's a lot of confusion about, A, what Mexico's policy will actually be come Sunday when they take office. Saturday they take office and Sunday will be their first day. And B, you know, if they were to agree to something like that, what Mexico would get in exchange? What has President Trump asked Mexico to do in this scenario? He hasn't asked so much as, you know, told via Twitter that he will refuse to let people into the, the U.S. So on Monday, what he asked was for Mexico to turn back migrants. And he's asked that consistently. He's asked for Mexico to turn back migrants. And he's also asked for Mexico to make sure that migrants don't come in the first place, which is very difficult. Mexico doesn't have the ability to do that. What incoming President 
Andrés Manuel López Obrador wants to do is to invest in development projects in Central America with U.S. investment as well in order to improve the living conditions so that people don't feel the need to migrate. But that's obviously a longer-term problem and won't solve the immediate crisis. That was the FT's Jude Weber in conversation with Eric Krupke. You can read more on the crisis at the border at FT.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another news feature. But in the meantime, if you're not already an FT subscriber and you'd like to discover more FT content, visit FT.com forward slash offer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.